0: me that keeps me into all of this? Like, what keeps me going in Christianity? What is it that 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 works for me? Um, and I thought about that, and I thought about that, because some people get frustrated with it. I know it's easy to get frustrated with church. Um, there's a bunch of imperfect people in the body of Christ. We're all learning and growing, and church experience sometimes. Uh, you can have a good experience, or you can have a uh, a bad experience, I'm sure as the years go by, eventually you're gonna have some sort of misunderstanding or you're gonna headbutt with somebody. I mean, that just happens wherever you go. And so, but you know, what is it that keeps people going? But for my case, what is it that keeps me going? And I thought about that and I thought about that and a few verses came to mind. Uh, We're gonna turn to Hebrews one, but as we're turning there, Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. And he said, it's like a man that found a treasure hidden in the field. And he was so excited about finding this treasure buried in the field that he sold everything he had. I mean, this guy was really, really excited. It was, this was like the moment of his life. Sold everything that he had and he bought that field. And the idea behind this parable is that something in the course of your life, you run across something that so startles you, that's so real to you, that so uh, impacts you, that you do whatever it takes to uh, be, uh, have an allegiance with that. It, it, it's just, man, you just can't believe it. Like this guy, he couldn't believe, like who finds a treasure buried in a field? I mean, no, I know that physically, I've never had that happen to me. Have you? just happen to be digging in your backyard and rubies and stuff just pop up out of the ground, it, I doubt it. What was the TV show? The guy drilling for oil, shooting, Beverly Hillbillies, Boy, shooting at the upcomer or something. And uh, <clears throat> he went to Beverly Hills. And that doesn't really happen, though. That's just TV, well, really. Maybe it does in certain cases, but, but often, you know, it doesn't. And so it, 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 but, but in life, at least in my life, there was a time where this thing crossed my path or I crossed its path, however you want to see it, where it so startled me and it so impacted me that it, it, I can relate to this parable. It's like, man, uh, there's something to this and it's beyond just church or the church experience. It's, it's God himself. It's Jesus himself. Uh, the fact that he truly is alive. So we're gonna look at Hebrews chapter one, uh, specifically verses eight and nine. And we're just gonna look at Jesus here in these two verses. And it says, but to the son he says, yeah, we got it there. Um, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And this is just helping, Hebrews is a great book, man. It really helps you understand uh, uh, how amazing Jesus is. And here, they're using a lot of contrast between Jesus and the angels, how Jesus is better than angels Better than a lot of things. And it continues with a bunch of count, contrasts throughout Hebrews. And here it's saying, to, you know, the angels, they don't say, your throne. They don't, they don't talk about an angel sitting on the throne. They don't call angels God. They don't say that, that it's going to reign forever and ever. But Jesus, they, call, they, they talk about him on a throne. Like a king. Literally sitting on a throne right now. And they don't just say the Messiah or whatever, the son, but they do call him the son, but they also call him God. Now he was man, but he's also God. So it's God on a throne who reigns forever and ever. This is a very mighty king. In other words, this isn't a temporary king. You might have king of Egypt or the king of uh, Russia or the king of uh, an India on an elephant with a big thing and a jewel in his, thing you know and, and all these different kings throughout history but this king is on a throne and he's God that's big difference now some of these guys thought they were God I think the guys over Egypt the pharaohs they literally convinced their people they were God but of course they died and so there's just like pyramids and stuff left and they're not God well this truly is God on a throne and whether we like it or not whether we agree with it or not his reign is forever and ever that's an amazing thing because uh our life will eventually here on earth will come to an end Uh, uh, all the different um corporations all the different small kingdoms whatever it is that we're doing will eventually come to an end and different things will will you know rise up and take its place but here we're talking about forever and ever it's a thing that's done and it can never be changed. You, whether you like it or not, but you can, you can agree with it, you can go along with it because it's the kingdom that will succeed. And here it says, a scepter of righteousness. Now, the idea behind a scepter, which I didn't totally understand, but have you ever seen those kings and they got like a crown or whatever, and then they got this little stick looking thing. And sometimes it's like gold. It might be even a whole t- entire all the way down to the ground or it might just be like maybe i don't know three feet long and it, sometimes it got a little crown type thing with a jewel on top and it's kind of a symbol of authority the scepter so you know a king the one with the scepter is the king nobody else is walking around the kingdom with you know scepter with the it's just that one guy and the scepter represents his kingdom now you have different type of scepters you have a king over different type of regions you have a I don't know, like uh, in India, they might have a scepter. It might be like a snake or something. You know, I am the king of the snake people or whatever. Uh, You might have different kings with different jewels of the region, wherever they may be. They rule over their people. But this scepter and this kingdom rules over all. And this scepter is a scepter of righteousness. It's not a scepter of culture. See, the king of Russia back in the day... That scepter represented his rule over Russia. Whatever symbolism was on that, the king of Egypt had a scepter, let's say a snake or what, and that represented, I rule over this part of Egypt. But Jesus' scepter is a symbol of his rule over all, but it's not a scepter of culture, it's a scepter of what? Righteousness. Now, to us, church folks, that sounds like, well, do good or shame on you. You know, righteousness is kind of... But the idea behind a scepter of righteousness is he's a a rule of what is right for you. In other words, this, what I'm here to do is bring everything that's right and just and put it into your life. That is my kingdom. I don't care what culture you come from. Because if you're from Bangladesh, you know, and you speak... Bangladeshis or whatever they speak over there uh, God Jesus his kingdom isn't well you know well this scepter's just from the United States man so you know I, I can't help you over there no it don't work that way he can rule in people over in Bangladesh and pour into their lives into their soul what is right for them what other king could do that he can go to Antarctica with the Eskimos whoever lives down there Uh, And his scepter of righteousness can still pour into their souls what is right for them. Now there's certain details in the life in Antarctica that's very different than the life in Bangladesh. There's certain issues going on in your life that are different than somebody else even a mile away from you. And what happens, what is right or what needs to take place at that moment in your life needs to be from a a person that understands that and has the authority to make that happen in your life amen you can go to a guy that's got a scepter uh, of whatever but he might not have the authority to really pull into you what you actually need into you are you following what i'm saying so this is actually an amazing thing. He has this amazing authority because his scepter is a scepter of righteousness. And not only that, he says, he says, you have love. Let me get it right here. You have loved righteousness. Now, when he talks about love something, it's not talking about, well, you know, I really like... Uh, the Chicago Bulls, they're just a really good team. I can just really pull for them. If they don't win it this year, well, maybe next year, you know, because I like that team. No, he says he, he, he loves, you have loved righteousness. Now, when you say love, you're talking about like fire. There's some words that are absolute extremes, love and hate. You can't hate something just like a little bit. You either, love, you either hate it or you don't hate it. You either love something or you don't love something. Well, you can't kind of half love something. Either you do or you don't. You do or you don't. Jesus said either say yes or say no. Sometimes people come up to me, it's all this wishy-washy blah blah blah. I'm like, just yes or no. That's all I need to know. Which one is it? Because it's an absolute yes. Okay, thank you. I get it. No, great, I get it. But bleh, bleh, blue, blue, blue. Bleh. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. I feel my brain's oozing out of my ears. I don't understand. Just tell me yes or no. See, when Jesus loves something, a lot of people don't really get this, but Jesus also hates something. You know, God hates certain, at least one thing it says here in the scripture. He hates lawlessness. Read it right there. Is it still up there? I'm going to find it. Hated. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Those are extremes. There's something he loves with, like, fire, like, deeply, passionately, and there's something he hates with fire passionately. And that's God. Well, people say, how can God hate? But God hates lawlessness Is anything that doesn't belong in your life. Now that you think of something bad, but it could be something good. You could be very successful at the wrong thing. Are you following me? You, you could be you, there. There's something that could you, that could be outside of the plan of God, and God's like, it might seem right, but I hate that thing because, then, no, in knowing the long run, it's not right for you whatever it is that is right for you god loves that like he has an emotional attachment to that and when that comes into your life you'll get jazzed up about it but he's jazzed up about it there's a passion there's a love there's an emotion he's like yes i want that in your life like i love that are you following me this is a king it doesn't matter where you come from but he loves the righteousness was right for you. And when those other things come in and they try to creep in, he hates that. And the same way he loves something, it is the same way he hates it because he knows it's not gonna work in you. Now, when Jesus tried to give us an example of how human beings are, I wish he would have compared us to like, you know, powerful tigers or panthers or I don't know, something amazing whales but he compares us to sheep and you know i'm thinking man now listen man you know that's fighting words man. Don't, don't call me a sheep i'm not a sheep but he's not trying to insult us but he's trying to be real with us he's not going to lie that's another thing god can't do he can't lie god cannot lie so he's going to tell you the truth and the truth is human beings are like we aren't sheep but we're like sheep because sheep have this amazing tendency to do the exact opposite of what they ought to do. Like you could have a field with like no danger, except for like one little pit, way off there in the corner, man, and all the sheep would just, they just boom. Somehow they're gonna find that pit. They just have a tendency, if there's any danger anywhere, it seems like that sheep just gonna just go right off. And then when they get in that situation, a sheep has no defense. You know, they're not going to just whip out some move and You know, start attacking the wolves. They just sit there and the wolves will be like, Psh, no problem. They, they have no defense. They have no answer for their lostness. Like they get in a situation and they're just like, I'm just here now. Now, what do I do? Unless a shepherd comes and whacks the wolves upside down and pulls the sheep, you know, that little thing they got, the little shepherd's thing, curly thingy-pajabber, <laughs> they pull them back and be like, come over here, you know, genius. It, it, it's not an insult. It's not an insult. What it is, is is trying to recognize the way we are. And if you're honest with yourself, the way we are that way. And and he's like, that is why we need Jesus. We need a shepherd. We need somebody who recognizes our nature, still loves us, And when we're all out there, man, that seems good to me. Sounds like, you know, some some friendly animals over there at the corner of the woods. Let's go check out those friendly guys over there. And there's a pack of wolves or whatever, you know. When we have this strange tendency, he's like, whoosh, you know, back over here, man, over here. Back here where all this good, good eating is, over here in this field. You don't need to be going over there. And we're like, whatever, you know. And, and we may not even understand it, but it actually is what's right. For us so so when he says he hates the lawlessness he hates the strain he hates the lostness he hates the the things that in, creep into our lives and we get caught up into that actually harm us and he sees those things entering into our lives he doesn't hate us but he hates that you follow what I'm saying he hates to see that. Like, no, I do not want to see that happening to you. Even though you think it's, it's wonderful, it, it may not be. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean just like hor- always a horrible thing. It could be anything. But it seems right to you and it's not to God. So his struggle as a king is to bring these things that are actually right for you into your life. And that, you know, knowing me, that was that's a pretty big struggle sometimes I, okay God I get it and sometimes I don't and so you get this give and take but I do know one thing when I finally get it and I grab hold of anything that's finally right for me and I do it man I'm super excited about that like I'm like man yeah I, it's like the days just fly by because I'm doing all this stuff like I'm designed to do it's part of the original plan that God had for me. And so I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it doesn't matter how hard it is and how little sleep or whatever. I'm going to get up there and I'm going to do this. And and you're driven to do it and you're happy about it. You're like, man, that's, to somebody else, man, that's miserable. You're getting up at four in the morning. You're going to do this. and It's like nothing for me. Man, it's joy for me to get up and do that. It doesn't bother me. like, man, better you than me. It's like... it's right for me i tell you about barbecue a lot of people can't do barbecue because you will get up early and when you sit there after four or five hours you're like yeah this this is uh pretty lame you know you're just sitting there all day in a parking lot but there's something about it for me i always learn something new every time i do barbecue every it's amazing like I've never done barbecue and not learned like tons of stuff. I sit there and it's just something about it that God deals with me on all sorts of stuff and I just learn and learn and learn and learn and it's never a waste of time. I've had people come up and be like, sorry man, I can't sit here with you anymore, man, I gotta go, <laughs> you know. It's it, it just different people uh, do different things and wired a different way and, and that's okay. But But the joy of identifying what it is that God has for you. And therefore he says, therefore God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Now you got to understand another absolute about Jesus. He is absolutely the happiest person in creation. A lot of people don't think of it that way because we see him on a cross and bleeding or you think about the scripture, Jesus wept. But there's no creation that comes close to happy like Jesus is happy. And the reason for that is because everything you sow, you're gonna reap. That's a law in the kingdom of God. Now ask yourself this, who has sown more seeds for the kingdom of God than Jesus himself? Nobody. Jesus (laughs) initiated the whole thing. He's the head of the whole church. He continually is pouring into us as we pour into other people. He initiates those seeds. All those seeds he sows, he reaps a harvest. You follow what I'm saying? And so the joy that he has, every time he brings something right into our lives and we enjoy that, he he enjoys that also. He is, the Bible says he is glad or he is happier than all others, than all others. And so when you look to him, you realize, man, that joy of making it right in people's lives brings so much joy to him What would happen to me if I try to do the same thing in my life or even more challenging, try to bring what's right into somebody else's life? The only thing that's going to happen to you as you work on that and as you sow those seeds and as you give yourself time and you let the seasons go by, you begin to harvest uh, uh, so much joy. You'll, You'll cry like a baby, man. You'll see the difference. You're like, oh my gosh. Look at their life is coming together. You know, I'm participating at this level, at this amount, but but I'm doing something. And look at their life. Another way you can think about how you've participated in the destruction of other people's lives. Have you ever hurt somebody's life before? Maybe some of your friends are not with you anymore. I know I've lost a few friends. I know a few people that have been pretty hurt. And I think about that like, dang, man. you know, that 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 that's not good. You know what I mean? That I'm not here to destroy people. We're, we got to find something better than this. And so the opportunity is Jesus is like, listen, man, you want to find something better, Come cooperate with me. Don't deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I'm gonna show you how to cooperate and bring life to other people. I'm gonna show you how what it means to be happy in life. But you're going to cooperate, you're going to see it. Because there's no yes, there's no if, ands, or buts. It's yes, this is the truth. Like what is right, but you have to have a heart for what is right for that person. One thing was right for you. That's actually the easiest part. The challenge is starting to deal with other people. Because what's right for you, there might be thousands of details that's not right for them. I am knowing your families. Some often like dads and sons, mothers and daughters, whatever. Dad's a doctor, so my son's going to be a doctor too, just like his dad, you know. My dad's a mechanic, so I'm going to be a mechanic. You know, Well, that might have been right for your dad. That might be right for you too, but might not be. And eventually, if you don't have an encounter, if you don't cross those roads with Jesus and learn from your be drawn to your heavenly father and and understand what he has for you, you may, you may live your whole life and never find out what's right for you. You know, people, some people spend their whole existence, you only got one life, and they waste, not waste it, but they miss out on so much because they don't really pick up on why they were ever really created and are here in the first place. And the reason for that is they're trying to learn all that from other people instead of the one who actually created them, who's God. And it comes a point where you can learn from other people, but someday, somewhere, there comes a time where you have to walk with God by yourself. You know? And you've got to work it out with him and figure out what he's saying to you and what you are designed to do, and you hear it for yourself. And you're like, wow. That is my father. No disrespect to dads or whatever, but that is the one who created me. He is the maximum. And he is bringing these things into me. He's fathering me. You following what I'm saying? When you have that experience, it's like that, tr- that treasure buried in the field. You're like, I'll sell it out. Like, what do I got to do from here on? Like, You've got the answers. Forget the church experience. Forget this, forget that. If I can hook up with my father and find out why I'm here on earth and not waste my time, what, what's better than that? Well, the scripture says he loves the righteousness. He's fired up about it. He's like, man, this is my zeal. This is my passion. I'm trying to get this in you. And anything that's, that's outside of that, I hate it. Like, okay, now we're speaking my language. Now we're understanding each other. Because I hate it too. I don't want to waste time with this. Let's get it right. Amen? Let's go to another verse, Psalm 37. <clears throat> Verses uh, 5 and 6, Psalm 37. You probably got up there. There we go. Um I will read it real quick. It says just a little excerpt here. The whole Psalms really incredible about how God leads you to inherit the earth, the land. And but here in five and six it says, Commit your way to the Lord. <clears throat> Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday you know that you have a righteousness another not not being like morally but you have something that is right for your life do you understand that there's a justice for you like what is fair for you what the dignity and the purpose god gave to you that exists you might not even know that but it does exist And God's job for you isn't to point a finger in your face. His job for you is to bring that justice to light. Now, you know, noonday is pretty bright out. It's pretty clear. If I don't ride around with my sunglasses on, it gets a little bit annoying to my eyes. When we were in uh, the beach, we walked to the pier. It's like, I don't know, five miles or something. But if I tell them, kids, man, bring your sunglasses because it's so bright out there in the beach, man. It's just you're squinting the whole time, you know, as you're walking five miles to the pier. Um, it, it, it's very, very bright. So when he says he's bringing your justice out, let's see, which one is it here? As the noon day, he's bringing your purpose clear as the bell. You know, clear as can be. He, he, he's draw, But he's the one drawing that out. So when you see him, you're like, okay, what do I got to do so you draw that out? Like, how can that become clear to me? And he says, it's as simple as this. Just commit your way to him and trust in him. And just cooperate. Basically saying cooperate with him and understand what he's going to do to you. His authority is to draw that out of you. Now, I don't even know half your names, to be honest with you. I really don't. And I definitely couldn't draw out your purpose. Just reach down into your soul and just draw it out. And just, here you go, brother. Here's your purpose right here, you know. I wish I could do that for you. That would be fantastic. I would just tour the United States, just reaching down into people's chests, and just pulling it out. Take it. It's your purpose. It's your justice. I can't do that. Man, I'm just as much in a bind as you are as far as that goes. I mean, you know, if I don't trust God, I just like a sheep just be drawn all over the place. I mean, we're all the same boat, but thank God, like, why Jesus? Like, why do we even need him? Well, you have to recognize he's the only one that can do that for me. So it's like the disciples are like, bunch of disciples left. And Jesus, like, you guys gonna leave too? And they're like, Looking around, maybe, I don't know, like, where else are we going to go, man? Like, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Like, who else could do this to us? And they're like, well, I can't remember what he said. Something about my father showed you that. Or, you know, they, they had a revelation of that. And we need a revelation of it, too. Like, where else can you go? Who else is cool enough for you? Who else could do that for you? With all the good intentions that they have, they could never do that for you. Nobody else has the authority or the, the, the intelligence to do that for you. We might do little tiny things with each other to help each other out. But to draw that out like that, man, you're asking too much. There's no way somebody else could do that for you. So you need God. You need to go to God. You're like, that is why I go to you. You're giving me this opportunity. I would be foolish to miss it. There's nowhere else I can go. If I have to deal with other issues in Christianity or disagreements with other people, that's nothing compared to this opportunity that you're presenting to me. Man, to draw that out and to make it clear to me and invest my time into what is designed for me, what's right for me, what's just for me, there's nothing better than that. Amen? One more scripture and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Matthew chapter 5. Let's see. Matthew chapter 5, is around here somewhere. Matthew chapter 5, um, probably heard this before, but kind of ties in. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You think of that as doing good, and it is that in a way, but righteousness is what's right for you. You hunger and you thirst for it. You, you you know get really 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 thirsty, um, really 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 hungry. It's like a pain. It's it's annoying. It's 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 obvious. Um, you don't really care, or you're distracted, or you're busy wrapped up in other things. You're not going to worry about all this. What I'm talking about. You, you just you're wrapped up in other stuff. But if there's something paining you, and you're like, man, this. I got to deal with this pain, this this situation. It won't go away. Then you're hungering and thirsting for, for what's right for you. And then you're going to get to the point where you're going to realize that only God can do that for you. It's the million dollar question, can man live without God? No, he cannot. He can try. He can be successful without God, but then he falls on his face again quote after quote after quote of multi-millionaires that just proclaimed, fame and money isn't it. Success isn't it. So what is it? Well, I don't know. I just wish I could keep trying. Well, Jesus is the only one that can show them that. I can't even show them that. But when that pain is there, that's a good sign. If you don't have that pain, you need to get a little hungry. <laughs> you know, figure out why you don't care. But if, but if it hurts enough and you're interested enough, and you realize, man, this is the only life I got now. This is my one shot. Wouldn't it be great to get it right? Wouldn't it be great to pick up on a few things? Wouldn't it be great to take some time to hear and, and let a few things come out to the surface and let them be clear? Wouldn't it be great to participate in a few of those things and just know what it's like? Then th- this says, if you're hungering and thirsting for that righteousness, according to the scriptures, let's read it correctly, says for they shall be filled so get ready you're going to get it it's not going to always be I just never figured anything out eventually God will break through to you and you're going to be like oh my gosh I can remember multiple times in my life just crying like a baby man when I finally he broke through to me and I would do all these things and then I wouldn't even realize it totally and then later it caught up with me and I realized, oh my gosh, God, that was God uh, uh, showing me the things that I was supposed to do. And I, it was just so, I knew it was from him. You ever have that experience? That you know that you know it wasn't from anybody else, it was from God. Like, wow, like he is actually dealing with me. I'm actually doing some of the things that he's trying to tell me, like it, it, it just—it's so undescribable. Uh, but but you're filled. You're like, man, I, I did it. at least that part we got right. You know, at least I was participating in that. It's so valuable to you. So I want to encourage you guys tonight, man. I know this is an excessively long sermon, and we don't have music, but think of the opportunity that God is giving us. Think of it. you, are, you and I. We're so close we're right there at Jesus feet he says come boldly to the throne of grace in a time of need we can come directly to him and sometimes you just gotta have to kind of let it be known that you're there like hey you know you and I God we got a few things we're going to talk about and we're going to work this out but but I want you to draw these things out of me I want to know what you have for me and if you get to doing that, you'll begin to eventually see the heart of God. And he'll begin to show you, hey, not only for you, but look at these other people over here. How can you help them out? You might not understand them 100%, but you can do that. You can do this. And you, you won't even expect you will be going through your day, and all of a sudden you realize, ooh, I could do such and such for somebody. And it might happen just that quick. And so you do it. You're like, okay. That's all I had to do for that person that day, you know. Just, but it, but it was important. Like that, that was your assisting, and their finding their part, their their. I had to use the word calling, but their purpose, their their design for their life. But you have to respect that because it's 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 kind of complicated because people are are so different. Um, I know, you know. Just look at your family, your extended family. I mean, it's just. A lot of different people with a lot of different scenarios and living in different areas, and they all get together, and you're just like, Oof, man, you know, it's just a lot to take in, and you don't want to offend it. I don't know if you're like me, but you say something and you offend somebody, and you're like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. You know, I didn't mean to step on your toes like that. But it's just people and their differences, it can kind of get uh, complicated complicated and then their struggles might not be something you struggle with you don't understand but but you have to try to reach out to them and 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 do you know just have that same love for what's right in their life that Jesus has and hate those other things that you know are not are the lawless things that are not the 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 things that are going to work for them and try to cooperate with Jesus to help other people out so it gets to be more and more challenging. The more people you come across, the more challenging it can be. Because I think there's about like 7 billion people on earth, like 7,000 languages or something. So there's this huge variety of scenarios that, uh, that you end up finding. It's just, it just blows my mind. But, but God, God can comprehend it all. And Jesus, his throne is forever and ever. And his righteousness that he has extends to all people. That, that, his, that passion for what's right in their life does never stop. And the more they can tap into it, the more he will draw it out. The more they, they're interested in it and seek it, the more they will find it. The, the more we get distracted and we get cloudy in the head and stuff like that, the, 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 we come back to that tendency as a sheep to kind of stray off for no real rhyme or reason. And later we think, man, why did I even do that? Like, what was I thinking? But it's like human nature. It's like your tendency is just not always the brightest. But thank God for, for the great shepherd. Amen. That brings us back and continually shows us what He has in store for us. Amen. That's all I'm going to talk about tonight. It's like a little devotion. But hopefully, that was enough food for for thought. And uh, we're going to pray. And I just think about it, you know, and uh, hopefully it'll help you out. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we just bless your name that we have a Savior. We have a, a great Shepherd that's passionate that rules forever and ever, beyond our generations, beyond, but we even understand, so much bigger, but yet you love us passionately. You know what's right for each one here, Father. And I pray that they'll seek you, that we'll seek you, that you'll draw it out, clear as the noonday, and as we discover what's right for each one, Father, we'll bless your name. We will glorify your name. We will will grab hold of those designs and those purposes and we will do them. And we will bring life into this earth. We will bring life into other people around us instead of death. Oh, Father, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. And We just pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Have a good night.